Emmanuel, which means God with us. I, I don't know about you, but one of the worst feelings in life is to wait. Does anyone here love the experience of waiting? Remember, we're in a church. Do not lie. One of the worst feelings in life is to wait. And to amp that up, one of the worst feelings in life is waiting on God. Some of you right now, you may feel like you're waiting on God. You've prayed for something. You're wondering, God, what's taking you so long? God, are you even listening? Have you forgotten me? Do you even care? You might be praying for, I don't know, maybe you're praying that God would heal you from your headaches. Perhaps you're asking God to bring a loved one to a relationship with Jesus. You might be praying that God would provide a job for your family. You might be asking God to take care of your depression or to save your hurting marriage or for God to bring you a spouse after all these years. And yet the more you pray, the less you actually see. And you wonder, where are you, God? You've been praying, you've been begging, you've been waiting, you've been wondering, you're believing that God can, but he hasn't. And you've waited so long that you've started to wonder, is God even hearing my prayer, or does he even care? Or is he even there? I I, want to show you from Scripture this morning what God is actually doing while you're waiting. If you've ever felt like God is taking a long time, or God, you don't know where he is, you're not sure why he wouldn't do something, This is exactly what the people in the New Testament felt as they waited on God to send a Savior. See, God promised to send a Messiah. God would send the Savior of the world. God promised it would happen, and then nothing. For decades and decades and centuries and centuries, In fact, I want to show you just how long God's people had to wait on his promise. See, in the the book of Genesis, we know this story if we're at all connected to church. In the Garden of Eden, God created man. He looked at man and he said, it's really good. But it's not good that you're alone, man. And so God created Eve and God said, now we're together. You're together be fruitful and multiply, be blessed, enjoy the garden, just don't eat from the fruit of that one tree. I'm not trying to forbid you. I'm trying to free your life so that there will be blessing. And we know the story. Adam and Eve gave in. They sinned and they were shamed. They felt all kinds of shame attached to that. God brought a covering to them. And then there's this one little weird verse in Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, it's verse 15. It's really quirky. Theologians and scholars actually say that this is the first prophecy that God said that he would send a Savior. Here's what that verse said. The seed of a woman would crush the serpent's head. The seed 
one day through the lineage of Eve would be born who would come, who would crush the servant, who would head, who, uh, the head of our spiritual enemy, and there would be victory. And death would be conquered, and hell would be conquered, and sin would be conquered, and you and I would have freedom. So if we went all the way back to the third chapter of the Bible, God promised to send a Savior. And then guess what happened? Centuries and centuries and centuries passed. See, we could pick it up anywhere in the Old Testament. 700 years before the birth of Christ, Isaiah prophesies this in Isaiah 7 verse 14. It's going to be on the screen. The same verse is found in Matthew. Therefore, the Lord himself will will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel, God with us. 700 years. Miraculously, before the event, Isaiah prophesies, and yet we had to wait and wait and wait. So what is God doing when we're waiting? What is God doing when we're praying for healing or a blessing or reconciliation or, uh, or for provision? Is God being cruel? Is God being playful? Is he teasing us maybe? Is God just waiting to show off? What in the world is God doing when God could be doing something and he's not doing anything? And we're waiting. Do you ever ask these questions? Friends, it's safe to ask these questions. It's safe to take them to a God who has real answers. So what is God doing while we're waiting? Well, to try to answer that important question, there's a period of history that's not recorded in the Bible. It's called the intertestamental period, okay? Intertestamental period. Let me explain you what it is, okay? You're going to sit in my college class for a minute. This is a period of 400 years between the time when the Old Testament ended in Malachi. So if you went to your Bible and you saw Malachi and then you see Matthew, there's 400 years, It's 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. During this time, during these 400 years, there's zero word from God. God didn't speak at all, which made things way more difficult. Because before, when they were waiting on a Savior, at least God was speaking. But now they continued to wait. And they waited in silence. Friends, I'm guessing that someone feels like that this morning. You're praying on something. You're having faith. You're believing for something. And yet you've got nothing from God. You've got no sign that he heard you. No sign that he's active. No sign that he even cares. All you want is just give me some answer, God. Give me a sign. Give me a feeling. Give me anything. Yet for some of you, there's nothing at all. What is God doing while we're waiting? Why does God feel so silent? I want to remind you of something we said a couple months ago. Just because God is silent doesn't mean he's absent. 
I want to show you through God's word today that while we're waiting, God is actually working. While you're waiting, while you're wondering behind the scenes, the goodness of God, the power of God, the provision of God, the grace of God, God is always working. He's working in all things to bring about good. He loves you. He's a good father. He has great plans for you. He wants to prosper you. Just because you don't see that something's happening doesn't mean he's not doing anything. In fact, I want to show you a verse in the New Testament that gives us this context, both of God's timing and towards the event that we'll celebrate next Sunday, the birth of Christ. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. You who are trying to be justified by the law, have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. In that perfect moment, God sent his son, born of a woman. Remember Genesis chapter 3, the seed of a woman? Born of a woman? Man, that's interesting. At the perfect time, in the perfect moment, when the time had fully come, God sent his son to purchase us out of our sinful lifestyle, to redeem us with the forgiveness of grace, that you and I are no longer children of sin, but instead we're children of the Most High. Friends, our God did that in the perfect time. See, I, I, I love that phrase in the Greek. The two words translated, the time had fully come, is the word, and here's the fancy words, you'll see it on the screen, plamora, chrononu, chrononu. Chrononu, if you think of it, and your mind might go to this, is chronologic, like chronological. It's like a clock. That means time. Plumora, it means complete. It means the full measure. Together, it makes the perfect time. Let me tell you how this phrase, perfect time, is actually translated by different Bible translations. One translator says this, but when the time was right, God sent his son. Another version says this, but when the fullness of time... Had come, God sent his son. Literally, this phrase means this, but when the time was fully pregnant. Now, as someone who watched his wife give birth a couple times, I know what that means. Kind of. In other, in other words, when, the, when it's not time, you can't force it. But when it is time, you can't stop it. If it's not God's time, you can't make it happen. But when the time is fully right, there's no power on earth that can stop the will of God from happening. But when the time was right, God sent his son, born of a woman. Do you remember Genesis? 
We talked about the seed of a woman. From the seed, a woman would come from the Savior who would crush, who would come the Savior who would crush the servant. Why does it say that? That is so bizarre. If you look everywhere in Scripture, when you look at the biology of a seed, it always talks about the seed of a man. This is the only time in all of Scripture you're going to see the seed of a woman. Why is that? Here's your light bulb moment for this morning. Because Jesus was born of a virgin. He wasn't born from the seed of a sinful earthly man. Instead, when we read that in Matthew chapter 1, how was he conceived? By the Holy Spirit. So his father was divine. Born of a virgin, he didn't inherit any of the sin nature that you and I have. Born of the seed of a woman, conceived by the Holy Spirit, he was perfect in every way. That's why he could be the sacrifice, the innocent one, the Lamb of God, slain for our sins. Friends, at the perfect time, do you see how Scripture ties together? Jesus came born of a woman. Centuries had passed. 400 years, people were waiting on a Savior. When did God fulfill His promise and send the Messiah? The answer was when the time was right. At the perfect moment, God sent His Son. Looking back, we can see why God waited. Sometimes, in hindsight... In our own life, we can see why we actually were forced to wait. Years from now, you may look back and go, thank God I waited. Sometimes in hindsight, we can see the why behind the wait. Just because God is silent doesn't mean he's absent. Whenever you're waiting, remember our God is working. So go back to that fancy word we introduced at the start, the intertestamental period. How many of us love history? Okay, you're lying. Man, I didn't love history in school. But let me give you a little history, okay? Because this is cool. Just hang with me. What was God doing in those 400 years? The very first thing that God was doing was, had you ever heard of Alexander the Great? In 12 years, he conquered the world. When you conquer the entire world, that's why you get the name Great. Why is this significant? Because the first time in history, there was a common language when Alexander the Great conquered the world. In those days, almost everyone spoke a little Greek because Alexander the Great had conquered the world. The second thing, the Old Testament was translated into what? Into Greek. The language that everyone spoke of. Previously, it was Hebrew until about the year 280 or so before Christ. The Old Testament and all its prophecies about a Messiah were translated into what? Greek. Here's the third thing. The third thing is, you may have heard of the Socratic method. The Socratic method. This was a new way of learning back then. It emerged, and for the first time in all of history, instead of teaching in a one-way communication, people were encouraged to ask questions. And they started to learn in that period by asking questions instead of just hearing. 
Number four, 63 years before Christ, the Romans conquered the Greeks. This was an unusual, unprecedented season of peace. And so while the Romans weren't having to fight wars, instead, what did the Romans do? They developed roads and highways and transportation system so that transportation was possible. Number five, there was this thing known as diasporia. Diasporia was a really weird season where the Jews didn't want this. They were forbidden from living in Jerusalem. And suddenly they were dispersed or spread throughout the entire world. Roman world. Friends, when you add up those five things, guess what? You start to see the why behind the weight. What are you doing, God? What are you doing? What were you doing in that silence, that season of silence? Well, suddenly in those 400 years when people wondered where God was and what he was doing, suddenly everyone for the first time could read the Bible in a language that they understood. For the first time, they were allowed to ask questions about the God who is about to send the answer, whose name was Jesus. Out of nowhere, for the first time in history, the good news of a Savior could travel through the common language, access across roads and highways through a Jewish people who were spread throughout the entire Roman world to the Gentiles and beyond. Do you see it? In other words, while God was, while God's people were waiting, God was still working. In the same way, while you're praying, while you're wondering, while you're hoping, while you're asking, in your waiting, God is still working. Some of you, you know exactly where I am in one area of my life. You feel like you're in a holding pattern. You're waiting. You're believing. You're doing everything you know how to do. You trust in a God who says he can, and yet he hasn't. You might be wondering, what did I do wrong? Have I failed? Is it my lack of faith? Is there sin in my life? Have I let God down? Does God not care about me anymore? If you're waiting, you're not alone. Abraham and in the Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years to hold their baby. Their baby named Isaac. Joseph had a vision to lead, to rule, to influence, to save. He waited 13 years. Much of it in prison for a crime he didn't commit. The woman with the issue of blood, 12 years in private agony, unable to function like a normal woman, held up relationally, interpersonally, spiritually, unclean. 12 years to touch the hem of the garment to the one who said, your faith has healed you. A man who couldn't walk for 38 years, unable to walk before Jesus looked at him and said, pick up your mat, take it home, On your own two feet, you are healed. While you're waiting now, and don't see anything, God is working. When you're hoping, while you're wondering, God is waiting. I hope there's someone here that will hear this. And you'll start to internalize it this Christmas season, that God's delays aren't necessarily God's denials. 
Just because he hasn't doesn't mean he's not going to. Maybe it's just not the time right now. In other words, while you're waiting on it, I don't know what that would be for you, but some of you are waiting on it. You're waiting on the answer. You're waiting on a miracle. You're waiting on provision. You're waiting on a relationship. Whatever it is, maybe the reason you're waiting on it is simply because you're not ready. God is still working on it. Maybe God's waiting on you to get ready. Maybe you've prayed and believed, I'd be married one day, and you're still single. God's doing something in you. Maybe you're married and you're wondering, God, why didn't you hear my prayer? Why don't you bring healing in my marriage? You're believing for a job that's going to meet your needs. That you have in a way that really your education and your preparation is worthy of. While you're waiting, God is working. He may be working on it. He may be working on you. You may just not be ready yet. What I found is that God often will do something in me before he does something for me. He does something in me before he does something that I want. Don't waste the waiting. Maybe what God is doing is he's teaching you to depend on him in a way you've never had before. Maybe he's revealing his faithfulness and his goodness in a way that you couldn't experience otherwise. Maybe he's teaching you patience. Yeah, you made that mistake a long time ago. You prayed for patience. Maybe he's knocking something off of you. Maybe he's chipping away at a sin that is in you. Maybe he's conforming you into the image of Christ. Maybe you're not ready. Whatever's going on, don't waste the waiting. Learn to depend on him. I love this in Isaiah 64, verse 4. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God beside you who acts on your behalf for those who wait for him. When we wait, God moves on our behalf. He responds, he initiates, he interrupts. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no one has conceived the goodness, the power, the grace, the glory of the God who acts on our behalf. For those who wait on him, God's ways are always good. His timing is always perfect. You can trust him. He's not ignoring you. He hasn't forgotten you. He loves you. He cares about you. He is always good. Friends, our God knows the cries of our heart. Just because he's silent doesn't mean God is absent. What's he doing while you're asking, hoping, waiting, believing, begging, praying? While you're waiting, our good, our all-powerful, our all-loving, our all-knowing God is working. And years from now, you're going to look back, you may see that the wait was actually worth it. It's incredibly interesting to me that Christianity is unique among all the different world religions. When you think about it, every other religious system, people pursue their version of God. Any other religious religious system, you try to win the favor of that God 
by doing good works. You might try to win it by religious rituals. You may try to perform your way for his pleasure. If you're good, you gain favor. If you're bad, you lose favor. People try to work their way. They pursue God, but Christianity is so different. Friends, we serve a God who pursues us. When the time was right, when the time had fully come, when the moment was perfect, God sent His Son, His only Son. God pursued you. He sent Jesus, not for the righteous, but for sinners, for the broken. He sent Jesus, not for those who were already healthy, but those of us who were sick. Second Peter 3.9 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise. As some of us understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with us. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He sent Jesus, the Son who sets people free. We serve a God who pursues us. And maybe the God that you're waiting for, what if he's actually pursuing you? Our God is patient. Because he wants everyone to come into the knowledge of his goodness, his love, his mercy, and his grace. You're going to see a question that comes up on the screen for you. What if the God you're waiting for is actually waiting for you? What if at this moment he's wanting you to say yes to him? If you're hurting, if you're waiting, believe me, I understand if you've been praying for a long time and continuing to believe and still haven't seen the answer, the provision, the miracle, the healing from God that I believe that we'll see. But with everything in me, please understand this. I believe his timing is perfect. I believe that our God is always good and I believe that while I am waiting and while you're waiting, our God is still working. Come. Thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart, born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in our hearts alone. By thy all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set us free. Let me pray. Lord, May you turn my thoughts into the thoughts that you wanted my friends to have today. We love and adore you. You are a great God. We are humbled at your goodness. Teach us to wait upon you. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. Amen.